100. Psalm 100. How you do what you do is just as important as whatever you do. How you do what you do is just as important as what you do. If you've ever taken a test way back when you were in school, which for some of us was a little bit farther back than others, so stretch that memory if you have to, but remember when you took a test, it wasn't enough to take the test. You had to take the test in the right way. Not just with the right answers, but you better make sure that the right answers you put down weren't, first of all, written on your arm or written on somebody else's paper first that you happen to see. What you do is one thing. How you do it is something else. We know this uh, from being students in school. We know this from our families. Your parents give you an instruction. How you respond to them is just as important as the words that come out of your mouth. You and your sibling can say the exact same thing and one of you can get in trouble for it and the other one could be praised for it depending on how it comes out of your mouth. Same thing for spouses, right? It's not enough to say I love you. You better say it in a way that conveys that you mean it. If you're robotic with your words, if you're nasty, sarcastic, sharp with an I love you, it means the exact opposite. So how we do what we do, how we say what we say is just as important as what we do or what we say. And today we're going to look at Psalm 100 together, and we're going to talk about worship that is worthy of the one that we're worshiping. God is not just interested in our worship, He's interested that we worship in the right way, and that we worship with the right attitude. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 7 when the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? In other words, they said, Listen, Jesus, we have this tradition of how we make ourselves right before God, and your disciples aren't doing it. Your disciples aren't following it. And he answered in verse 6 and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah or Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites as it is written the people honoreth me with their lips but their heart is far from me Howbeit in vain do they worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men Paul would say to the Romans that the Jewish people who had not received Christ as Messiah were worshiping the God of the Old Testament they were worshiping the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and they were worshiping with worshiping him with great zeal they were zealous for God, but Paul said, not according to knowledge. They were worshiping God, but not worshiping in the right way. And Paul would warn Timothy at the end of his life that in the last days, people were going to come and they would have a form of godliness, but they would deny the power of godliness. They would do the right things. They would gather on Sunday. They would sing songs. They'd open their Bibles, but it was just a form. It was the right thing done in the wrong way, and that makes absolutely no difference. In fact, it actually does more harm than it does good. So I want to look at a very 
familiar passage of Scripture. This is a, a passage of Scripture that I learned uh, way back. In fact, I don't even remember if I was in Sunday school uh, or when I was in elementary. I think it was probably even in Sunday school. Uh, one of the first passages of Scripture that I memorized as a child, Psalm 100, five verses. And this is a very familiar passage. Many of you probably have memorized these verses. But I want you to look at them again and afresh with me. And I, we're going to highlight tonight... Uh, five ways we must praise. Five ways we must praise. Not just praising God and not just praising Him by doing the right things, saying the right things, but saying and doing them in the right way with the right attitude. And so uh, I have five fingers on my hands. This is a good way to walk through these five things. This is the, the checklist that we can do and that, that I can do for myself. Uh, I need to be doing this on a, a service basis, right? Every Sunday, every Sunday night morning, uh, when we have Sunday school again sun, uh, for Sunday school, every Wednesday night that we gather, every special Bible study that we have, every gathering that we have, uh, I should be doing this in my own personal life every day. Whenever I'm spending time in prayer, whenever I'm uh, coming before the Lord in praise, maybe in my car, am I worshiping Him in the right way? And so here's a little bit of a checklist that we can do, a five-finger checklist Five ways we must praise the one who is worthy of our worship. Let's read these verses together in Psalm 100, and then we'll take some time uh, and unpack them together. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Now there is a treasure trove of truth in this passage of scripture, in this song, this very short song, this chorus that David wrote. Uh, Let's just highlight five things. First of all, uh, five ways we must praise God. Number one, joyfully. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Now, it's not enough to get loud. It's not enough to make noise. But what God is looking for is a joyful noise. And here's what I tell people. Max your dial. Some of you have a dial that goes up to three. That's okay. That's how God made you. Some of you have a dial that, that goes up to ten. And some of you, you actually wrote a few extra numbers at the end of that because you actually even go above 10, right? You, your dial might even go up to, to 13. You crank that thing all the way. But whatever your max is, max your dial when we, when we talk about praising God. What gets you excited? What gets you uh, out of your seat? Now, I'm not, talking, I'm not saying that, that we have to jump up and shout every time we have a service or, or it's not sincere. I'm not saying we have to uh, to get loud every time we sing or else it's not some sincere. I'm not talking about outward things necessarily, but what is your dial and what maxes it out? And do you get as excited about what God is doing in your life, what God has done for you? Do you get as excited when you're in the scriptures, when you're singing praises to him as you do whatever else it is that you love to do? For some it's sports, for some it's hunting and fishing, for some it's whatever hobby that you might have. 
that gets you really excited and that you just, it's when you feel free, it's, when you, it's what makes you joyful. God should make us joyful. Amen. And we should be joyful when we gather together. And I know that we bring burdens. I know that we do. We're going to spend a lot of time tonight praying for one another and praying together. And, and, it, and it is good and, and right that we should bring our burdens to the Lord. We cast all our cares upon Him because He cares for us. So we do have cares. We do bring burdens with us. And there's nothing wrong with that. It, and there's no shame in having a burden. All right? This is not some kind of legalistic, you better be happy all the time kind of pep talk. But in all things, I have reason to be joyful. If you're a child of God, if you recognize your sin and you've trusted in Jesus Christ, His death for your sin, His resurrection, you've trusted Him as your Savior, you have eternal life. You have a home in heaven. This world is not your home. Peter says we're just aliens and strangers here now. And, and we're grieved by what we see going on around us in our country that we love and in our community that we love. But this world is not our home. This, we are ambassadors. We're here as ambassadors. And, and it's, it's right that we should love the place that God has sent us to minister to and sent us to be a light in. But this world is not our home. This world is not our home. I have a mansion in glory. Some of us have a nicer hotel room here on planet Earth for 50, 80, 100 years, right? Some of us live in a little bit nicer hotel. I remember one time my friend, uh, one of my former roommates got married out in Ohio, and I traveled out, and they had sectioned off uh, um, in, in a really nice hotel, and they got a group rate, and it was one of the nice, at the time, it was the, the nicest hotel I'd ever stayed in. Gigi and I have been in one or two places that were just as nice now, but I'd never been in a hotel this, night, this nice. You know, growing up as a pastor's kid, you, you kind of went for uh, what the most affordable hotel wa was, not necessarily what was going to be the five-star, but for this particular wedding, I remember I went to this hotel, and I was just like, wow, I feel like I'm, you know, living with the other half for, for two nights here in this hotel room. Friend, Everything that we have, it's a hotel room. It's just a, a, a long stay that we have. We're so thankful for the home that God has given us, but it's temporary. It's temporary. My home is in heaven. I have plenty of reason to be joyful, and I think it may have just been last Sunday that we looked at Philippians chapter 4, but let me just remind you what Paul says in Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord. What do I have to be joyful for? The Lord I, I can rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. By the way, if that's a command, that means it's a choice. Rejoice is a choice. Rejoice is a choice. I choose to rejoice. And when I choose to rejoice with my will, with my heart, my emotions many times will follow. But I don't wait to feel it to rejoice. I choose to rejoice and then what I've found is when I start to really focus on what I have to be joyful about, and, and I had that experience just today, as a matter of fact, as I was very frustrated um, with some things that I've had to deal with with my Jeep, and it's why I was running late tonight. Thankfully, everything got resolved. But, you know, this morning I was thinking as I was having to deal with some things, and yesterday I was thinking as I was going to deal with some things with my Jeep, and I was really irritated, I was really frustrated, and then the Lord just reminded me, hey, <laughs> this is a short-term problem, Amen. and you have some very long-term, in fact, eternal blessings. So just focus on those for 
for the time being, and, and we'll get through this, and, and we did. So be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, I know that we are very different here tonight. We have a lot of different personalities here tonight. We have a lot of different interests, a lot of different tastes, but here's what I know. One thing I know that we all have in common, we all want peace. We all want peace in our, in our hearts. We all want peace in our lives. And I know some of us, yes, we do kind of get a little too into some of the drama. We do. I, I admit, even, even as a guy, sometimes I get a little too into some of the drama that I see, and you get interested in the drama that other people have, and it kind of makes you, you know, I'm speaking as a man. I'm speaking in the flesh, okay, for a second. It kind of makes you feel a little bit better about yourself, right, when you see the drama that some other people have to deal with. And you think, well, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. But that's, it. that's in the flesh. Um, ultimately, really, when it all boils down to it, we all want peace. We all want peace. And the peace is available to us if we will make the right choices. So if I'm going to praise God, I need to choose to rejoice. Rejoice is a choice. I need to max my dial. I need to get excited about what Jesus Christ has done for me, what he's going to continue to do for me, and I need to be joyful. Number two. Praise God joyfully. Praise God willingly. Amen. Willingly. In service to the King with singing. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. I've had some dirty jobs. I was a carpet cleaner. I've been in some dirty homes. I've been in a few homes where my boss said, uh, whatever you do, uh, don't get down on your hands and knees. <laughs> Stay off the carpet. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to wash our shoes off when we get out of this place. Uh, so I've been in some dirty situations. I've been, had some jobs that I didn't enjoy and that I, did, I wasn't happy about. But we have to remember that we are always serving God. We're, we're God servers, not man servers, right? We're always to work. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not unto men. And so we need to do it willingly. Whatever God has called you to do, whatever place God has placed you in, in your life. I uh, heard on the radio today, uh, it, it, interestingly enough, as I was praying about what to share with you tonight, one of the things that passed through my mind was uh, this, to look at Joseph, and then I felt God was leading me in a different direction. But I turned the radio on, and they were talking about Joseph, and I thought, well, okay, maybe that's just for me then. I need to uh, focus in on Joseph and, and, the, and the trials that Joseph went through. With his, with his own family, his brothers, and then to be sold into slavery, and then to be falsely accused, and then to go to prison, and then to be forgotten by the very person that uh, God uh, used you to help them get out of prison. And wow, he had the right attitude. He was willing in whatever God had caused him to do. And, and the psalm says that should be reflected in our singing. Amen. Now, some people are gifted vocally. Some people are not gifted vocally. Uh, I like that we're commanded to make a joyful noise, right? Amen. Make a joyful noise. You say, well, I don't sing as well as that person. I don't sing as well as this person. Make a joyful noise. Sing from your heart. God, it's all beautiful in God's ears because you're his child and he loves you. And remember when your child was speaking. Remember when your child was first uh, learning how to say mama or dada and just how incredible that was to hear. And they didn't say it correctly and they didn't say it fluently and with some kind of grand, you know, British accent that it sounded like some kind of 
uh, stage actor, uh, but it was their heart speaking to you, and it touched your heart. And God wants us to serve willingly and to do it with singing, come uh, before His presence with singing. We are in the presence of God, and when we sing together, we should be aware that we are in the presence of God. We should be cognizant of that. Now, that's a statement of faith because we can't see Him, but with, the, with our faith, we can recognize. We walk by faith, not by sight. And Jesus says, where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst of them. And Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So when we gather to worship, uh, Jesus Christ is here. I remember my youth pastor, Jeff Royce. Some of you may remember Pastor Jeff. When I was in youth group, he uh, one time, one Sunday, and he, this went on for a few weeks. Of course, as teenagers, it kind of, we, we kind of started making fun of it a, a, after a while. But, uh, but I remember it and, it, and it stuck with me. For a while, he would, he would sit a chair and he'd say, this is the Jesus chair. And I want you to remember as that Jesus is here with us. Amen. I'm not saying he's sitting in this literal seat here. I'm not saying he's actually sitting there. But I want that chair to represent the fact that we're going to remember that Jesus is with us. And, and for a while, it, it really had a, an impact on me, I know. And it stuck with me. And it's something we need to remind ourselves. We are here serving the Lord. We're not just here uh, to see our friends. We're not just here uh, to uh, check off a box. We are here uh, willingly serving the Lord, singing His praises, come before His presence with singing. So we do this joyfully. We do this willingly. Number three, uh, we do this, verse three, humbly. Amen. Humbly. If I'm going to worship God sincerely, if I'm going to worship God the right way, I need to do it as a dependent creation recognizing that He is my Creator. We'll talk, Lord willing, more about that on Sunday morning, the fact that He is our Creator and that He's created us for a specific purpose. But it takes humility to live that way. Do I treat Jesus as my Creator? Do I treat Him as my Savior? Or do I treat Him as my servant? God, I asked You for that uh, prayer request to be answered. Um, 96 days ago, you still have not answered my request. And so, therefore, God, I am not going to have a good attitude towards you because you are not serving me the way that, God, I demand to be served. It doesn't work that way. Amen. He is the creator. We are the servants. We are his people in the sheep of his pasture. He is God. The Lord is God. That means that he controls all above us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture so he controls everyone around us and even the very pasture in which we graze is his pasture it all belongs to him the breath I breathe belongs to him and so I need to be humble in my worship humble yourself uh, under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up but you need to humble yourself. The, your attitude needs to be the same as Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2 says. Being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Made himself of no reputation. If Jesus Christ can humble himself before the Father, then we uh, can certainly humble ourselves before the one who created us. We are dependent on him. We are just his sheep. And he is the shepherd. And if I want to worship God in a way that will be honoring to him, I will be 
humble when I come before him, not coming with my demands, bringing my requests, absolutely, because he loves me and he's my shepherd. He's the good shepherd and he protects me and he provides for me. But humility is the recognition of that. So I must praise God joyfully. I must praise him willingly. I must praise him humbly. And number four, in preparation for next week. By the way, we won't be gathered here next Wednesday night because next Thursday is Thanksgiving. And uh, so we decided we're just going to let you have next Wednesday night as uh, family time in preparation for whatever you need to do. Uh, I'm sure some of you uh, will be traveling. Um, don't tell uh, me if you did. I don't, I don't want to, you know, if the police come knock on my doors, that, do you know where so-and-so is? Uh, I, I, I don't know, sir. I, I'm sorry, I don't know. Not that I expect that to happen, but every day is a, every day is a, a surprise in 2020. So um, in preparation for Thanksgiving, let's remember that we have to praise God thankfully. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, the psalmist says, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Do I enter, whenever I am getting ready to pray to God, I bring my request to God. And that is absolutely necessary because he's the shepherd and he's God and he's the one who provides for us and he's the one who protects us. But do I come just seeking or do I come with thankfulness? I need to come to God with thankfulness. If I want to praise God in a way that he will be honored I need to come with appreciation. How many times do I ask and ask and ask and he gives me and I say thank you and then I forget and then I'm on to the next thing that I need. We need to have an attitude of continual thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. When I get to the gates, I come through the gates, I'm thanking him, and by the time I get to his courts, I'm still thanking him. I am thankful unto him. Rejoice evermore, 1 Thessalonians 5. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So praise God joyfully. Praise him willingly. Praise him humbly. Praise him thankfully. Here's the last thing that we're going to look at tonight. Praise him affectionately. Affectionately. You know how it feels? I know you know. The, those of you who, had, who have had children, I, I, I know you know how it feels when your child says, I love you, and you know they mean it. A little four-year-old son gives me a kiss on the cheek. That's amazing. It's just amazing, isn't it? Isn't that a, it's just an incredible blessing? Now, I was a teenager. I've, I've never raised a teenager, but I, I remember being a teenager. I've worked with teenagers. Teenagers, so I, I have a little bit of an idea of what's coming, right? But as a child, that innocence of a child to say, I love you, Daddy, I love you, Mommy, what a gift. And, and listen, listen, we are His children. We're not just His sheep, we're His children. We need to come to Him affectionately. We need to come in him, to Him lovingly. Here's how He says it in verse 5, For the Lord is good. Any guesses what Hebrew word that is? Those of you who have been with us through Ecclesiastes, it's the Hebrew word tob. It means excellent, beautiful. The, the beauty of character, the, the excellence of character. God is excellent. 
our word good has been so watered down that I'm not saying this is a bad translation. I'm just saying that we've watered that word so down that good doesn't really mean good anymore. It just means average. That's not, what the, that's not the Hebrew word that he's using here. He's using a big word. He's using a word of beauty and excellence and majesty. And, he's, and he's just, as he's reflecting on God and what God has done in his life, he's saying, God, you are beautiful. Amen. You are excellent. Your mercy is everlasting. All of us. I don't, I don't know all of your pasts. I know my past. <laughs> I know I need mercy. I know I'm here because of God's mercy. I know God is still using me today because of his mercy, not because of how great I am, not because I'm a pastor or I grew up as a pastor's kid. Listen, I, I'm the recipient of God's uh, grace and mercy, and his mercy is everlasting, and there is great affection for God uh, when we dwell on that reality. And his truth endureth to all generations. The word for truth endureth there, it has the idea of stability and faithfulness. He is faithful. What he says is true and sustaining. It is always true. His truth endureth. Not just for your generation, not just for my generation, but to all generations. However, the, however long the Lord tarries, I believe the Lord's going to return in our lifetime. I, I do. I, I could be wrong. I believe it's going to be soon. As I, lo- as I see the signs of the times, I think Jesus is coming back very soon. Amen. But even if he comes back tonight, there's at least a thousand and seven years of human history that's going to follow. Amen. Seven years of Daniel's 70th week, what we call the tribulation period. A thousand-year, literal thousand-year reign of Christ that John writes about in Revelation chapter 20. Generation after generation after generation after generation, and we will all be praising Him together. And that is an awesome thought. And it should drive us to thankfulness. It should drive us to humility. It should should drive us to want to serve God. It should drive us to do so joyfully. And it should have this, it it should create in us a great affection for the one who loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for our sin and rose him from the dead and offers us the forgiveness that none of us deserve, that he paid for in full. And we get to experience it What an amazing God we serve. And he deserves and demands to be worshipped accordingly. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this incredible song that is in this Bible. And God, I I would love to know, I'm sure someday we we will know what, uh, how the tune goes, uh, that uh, as it was first written, um, God, I'm sure that we'll be singing this song in the kingdom. But God, help us to apply these truths of how to worship you uh, tonight and in the days that follow. God, you are worthy of all our praise. And God, we want to learn how to better and better uh, serve you, love you, and worship you. And so we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.